Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, the combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 243 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. Today, we're going to switch things up a little bit. We figure, since it's the end of the week, and we often have other things that are superseding our Tuesday programming... And we want to give you our little mini breakdowns of the cards that happened in the weekend prior. So we're going to move that to after we talk about the current week's UFC. So hopefully that is a little better for our listeners. So, Victor, how the heck are you? I am ducky. We've had a lot of... I mean, an absolute lot of work. Um, mm. I'm I'm pretty much Mister Behind the Scenes for a lot of stuff, and um, uh, I'm I'm so happy that we've been able to do what we've been doing uh, with the new revamp, Bloody Elbow. What what does they call it? Uh, One point six or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, the, yeah, 1.6. I, I I don't. I don't even want to look at it in terms of numbers or anything like that. But listen, I talk a lot of shit about how much I hate our listeners. You know what? You know what? You've melted this ice heart of mine. And I got to tell you, folks, I, I cannot thank you all enough for all the support you've given us. We haven't even been at this too long, but it um, things got really strange and hazy for a while. But I'm glad you folks are sticking around for the ride. I'm glad you folks are, uh, uh, are enjoying what we're able to do and uh, hopefully taking note of the, the different freedoms that we've been taking advantage of now that we're kind of doing things on our own. And we're still sort of moving around in the dark a little bit with some stuff. But uh, thank you for your patience. And of course, to those of you that are subscribed to the Patreon, to the <laughs> Patreon, look at me, those of you that are subscribed to the Substack, we want to thank you extra for everything and uh, we are super super happy to have you so i really mean that with no snark and no sarcasm i'm in a good mood today imagine that despite all these things happening i'm i'm i found something that'll make me a little bit happy and we owe it all to you exactly i share victor's sentiments 100 percent um let's let's jump right in and talk about UFC 288. Now, I will share some stats. Our current standings <laughs> as we go into UFC 288. There was a beam of light at the end of the tunnel for me. <laughs> because I feel like I'm right on, on the brink of death here in these, these standings, okay? Because Victor... I mean, my God, you're an entire card ahead of me now. It's oh, don't really, get too happy. It's really, really hard to to pull closer when there's an entire card worth of wins separating us. I mean, I was really thinking about, you know, a little um, virtual seppuku or seppuku, seppuku, right? 
Yes. Yes. I was thinking of a, a little virtual seppuku here. I'm, maybe I need to fall on my sword and withdraw from the race. It's so bad. You know, it, I, I'll tell you this from experience. <laughs> it doesn't feel so bad after a while. You know, it's like, <laughs> do, do you it's, get used to swimming around at the bottom? <laughs> because, man, I haven't gotten here, there yet. I haven't gotten used to it. You know, once that acid peels away at that first layer of skin. <laughs> You kind of get you to the fizzle and smell too great, but you're like, ah, it kind of feels like home after a while. This ain't so bad. But this this past weekend, that was my my ray of light that told me y- you're not quite ready for the sword. So, anyways, uh, Victor came in last, which has not happened at all this year. Period. So I uh, not celebrating Victor coming in last. I'm celebrating that I finally have a little breathing room. Now, Mookie, he, oh, wow, he had the, the Victor run last week. He went 4-0. and oh. I had a 50-50 run. I went 2-2, two and two, and Victor went 1-3. and three. Man. <laughs> now, I will, I will uh, tell you how we went. Mickey picked, uh, Mickey, Mookie picked <laughs> Kayo Bahalio, or Bahayo, um, Sonia Dong, Eddie Alvarez, and Mike Perry. I picked Kyle Bahayo, um, Ricky Simone, Chad Mendez, and Mike Perry. Victor picked uh, Mikhail Alexiachuk, Ricky Simone, Chad Mendez, and Mike Perry. Man, did I eat shit! Oh my god! And you should see, you should see the bloody elbow staff picks. Wow! Uh-huh. Oh my god, did I really eat it? The standings right now are Victor in the lead at thirty-seven, twenty-five, and one. Mookie, with that run, pulled within one of you. So he is at 36, 26, and one in my embarrassing record. I am 27, 35, and one. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you something about yourself, Miss Thing. You know what your problem is? You got to learn how to live with a lot less shame than this. This, this, is not, this is no way to be. No, 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 no. You can't have that kind of embarrassment, man. Sometimes you got to do like Ray J. You got to look right at the camera and be like, yeah, so fucking what? So what? I'll do it again. That's what you need to learn. And once you embrace that mantra, see these these when you talk about the teachings that you will not get from the Almighty Buddha, this is the shit I'm talking about right here. I'm dropping some real knowledge. You gotta let you really listen. This will help you out in your future, and this applies to you at home. <laughs> so let's take a look at UFC 288, which is a good card. It is filled with a lot of fights, and there are a lot of impactful fights on here. Mm. But the one thing I can't help but notice is that there are fewer and fewer and fewer superstars in the UFC. And that (sighs) is a calculated move by the UFC to make sure that they don't end up with situations like Connor and Francis. But it definitely speaks to me when we have a card like this with a title fight and a good title fight at the top. But when did they actively start promoting this card where that everybody around could actually see they were promoting the card? Pretty much the last 10 days. Now, this this card has been made for m- months, about two months. I, I get that they have to spread the marketing out, but honestly, they're promoters. They should have this level of promotion for all their cards so that you make the entire card, the star, you know, <laughs> you, you actually put some, some 
promotional heft behind your pay-per-views. If you are going to give us cards like UFC Vegas 71 and 72, you have to do better with your pay-per-views. Now, I'm not saying you must create all superstars out of every single one of your, your belt holders. I'm not saying that. I am saying you should promote every pay-per-view equally and stars will be born naturally. I don't, I mean, I get what you're saying. I guess the only thing I can add to that as a minor addendum, mm. and, and I need to illustrate this, but I might've said something to this effect or some, some variety of this in the past. If they had given this event, maybe a third or not even a fifth mm. of the push that they gave power slap, just the debut of power slap. Mm hmm. You know, you could have something. You're leaving money on the floor. But again, they know what they're doing. They're making more money anyway. Why spend more money to make? But, but it still feels like they're leaving money on the floor. Mm -hmm. yeah. All they're going to do is turn around and say, well, we're the ones making the money, you goof. You know, like you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. We have market research that says that this is fine. I guess there is something to being frugal as it relates to um, – you know, getting their product out there because it seems like they're content with whatever it is that they're getting right now. Whatever it is seems to be working and, you know, maybe things would be better. But things being better to us also means things being better for the fighters. And that sort of shine, not exactly what they're looking to put on these guys here. So, yeah, that's, um, I guess, something worth considering here. All righty. So let's let's take a look at this card now. Daniel Santos and Johnny Munoz unfortunately got scrapped about an hour ago. So we will not be taking a look at that fight at all. And we will mm -hmm. not be looking at all of these fights. We're just going to look at a handful of them. But there are some good fights, and I will just briefly reference them. So Daniel Santos, Johnny Munoz, off. Uh, next up, Joseph Holmes versus Claudio Ribeiro. Decent enough fight at middleweight. Um, not impactful as far as rankings right now. No, but not something at all. you that you maybe want to keep an eye on the winner and see where they go. Zalga Zumagilov is back from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> you saw tell me you saw the photo, please. I did. Hey, hey, oh. we're the monkeys. Oh god, he looks like a cursed wooden doll. You know, like some inappropriate mascot for like a 70s TV show that they didn't realize scared the shit out of children. You know, the pimlet doesn't quite work for him. Clearly not. I mean, did he try to escape someplace with and, and like use that as a disguise? Like, I don't understand. He came back disguised to the UFC. So the next time he tries to retire, maybe they'll let him. <laughs> he came back disguised as 10 year old Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> um, he is taking on Rafael Estevam. I don't know how impactful it is because actually flyweight is looking pretty damn good. I would imagine it's fairly, you know, outside of the rankings right now because Zalgas has been very hit or miss in his entire career uh, as far as the UFC goes. Rafael Estevam is fairly new here, so not anything that I'm totally worried about watching or mm -hmm. missing um next up we have ikram aliskirov taking on phil haas that's an interesting fight that's a good one um you know it could go either way uh victor is so laser focused on new people i think i will ask you 
Tell me about Ikram Ali Skirov. I don't know that I really got too much to say about him really right now. I mean, he's a dude who came in. Um, I remember doing the scouting for um, his fight for contender series. And, you know, he was he's he's good. He's a well-rounded guy. He's got, um, you know, he's, he's got the sort of Eastern European wrestle boxer thing here. And what his only pro loss, Hamza Chimaev. Wow. And that was in 2019. But after wow. that, look, middleweight is a weird division everywhere. Okay, it's 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 got the same. It's plagued by the same problem that you have at light heavyweight. Elite at the top, miasma in the middle, and then the dregs. This man is not the dregs. The problem is that he's fought a bunch of guys that some of them are pretty great. Others, nah, not really, you know, anything to write home about. But none of these guys are really scrubs. So it ends up being a situation in which, you know, this guy – has some uh he's got a good solid record but we don't really we haven't really seen all of his potential so this is an interesting fight to see where his development leads and then of course phil hawes who is a i mean i've been super happy with the resurgence that he had after sort of stumbling a bit out the gate you know he's a guy who had a lot of promise and then kind of didn't really live up to it too much for a while but then man he just uh, he racked up a, a, a sensational win streak uh, did have he's he's been alternating wins and losses since 2021, but the dude is good, man. He's only really losing to really really good dudes, and maybe just maybe he might be able to turn things around. I'm still looking. All right, then we have Parker Porter taking on Braxton Smith. Okay, the oh, value God. in these is good for those that like to uh, do little tongue twisters with names. Okay. It never fails. Never fails. Parker Porter gets Porker Parter, <laughs> Peter Porker. You know, I, I, I just have a good time with this one. And then you have Braxton Smith. I'm sorry. I either think Unbreak My Heart or I think of a Braxton Hicks contraction. So this fight has like name value, but in, not in the way that you're thinking. <laughs> so I look at this fight. Of course, I don't care about it. But hello, names. <laughs> you know what, Braxton Hicks? I mean, you referencing that now? I'm just imagining. Like, imagine if the if the UFC had a partnership with Tracy Morgan. Somebody get pregnant? Like, no, no. Yeah, okay, listen. If you know how he is, why'd you invite him? You know that's what he's gonna say. But that's why that's why it's good. Uh, God, what a what a uh, listen. When you guys see the full staff picks, all right. I have a lot of terrible things to say about that fight. And I just don't have the energy to say anymore. Can I have just one thing? Please. Give us one thing that you said about that fight. Or I... say one thing about this fight. <laughs> give well, it to me. Okay, okay. You know what? I'll 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 give you the big one. Uh five and one for Braxton. All right. That's mm -hmm. his pro record. All of his wins have been finishes. He only lost in his pro debut. Entirely forgivable. Who was that debut against? Chase Sherman. Oh my. So you got a highlight reel. This is this this is the contender series type of guy, except he didn't go through contender series, you know, like these other guys. See, here's a guy who's got a lovely, lovely highlight reel, but then you look a little further and you go, oh, for the love of fuck. Like, how did this happen? <laughs> how did this happen? He looks good with the little video package, and I'm sure they'll make a big hullabaloo out of it, but then you see the dudes that he's fought, and then you see how he fights, and you're like... Ah, uh, but then he's fighting. He's fighting Parker. How is this guy still in the U.S.? I don't. I don't fucking know, man. I don't know. Between him and Sam Sam Elvey, 
like how are these things happening? Well, I'll tell you why. I mean, I know why. It's clearly the fact these guys don't cost much and heavyweight needs bodies and they need content to put on. So it's not like these these this this whole thing is yet another example of this this lie being put to rest that the UFC only has the elite fighters and only elite fighters are in the UFC. Well, explain this fucking mess. I mean, come on, man. Oh, God. Yeah, but I did say a lot more in 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 the uh, the picks there and and man, uh, God, make it stop, please. It's what New Jersey deserves, frankly. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we have a fight. Mar- Marina Rodriguez versus Virna Janiroba. That's a good fight. You yes. basically have Marina striking going up against Virna's really, really good, aggressive grappling. But Virna has this habit of wanting to strike lately. And my God, stop it, lady. Because this <laughs> is not the girl you want to strike with. And further... Marina has good grappling defense. Let's not forget that she went through a fight with Mackenzie Dern where Mackenzie Dern was so close to submitting her and she got out of that mm-hmm. and survived the next rounds and everything. I mean, she is not bad on the ground defensively at all. So, you know, we we did not pick this fight, but it's a really good fight and it's it's a, a testament to the depth of the card because we are still well in the um, the prelims. So I, I like this fight a lot. Uh, Victor, you, you want to give us you know a sentence or two? Well, I think it's more a testament to how good this division has done in terms of evolution and expansion. Uh, it's a good fight with two very talented uh, competitors. And uh, Verna, I can see why she's fallen into the Jorge Gurgel syndrome. You know, she she can crack, though. I mean, she's she can really um, do a lot of damage if she lands flush. So I can see why that's a thing. And I don't really hate it for her. But uh, either way, I, I don't think that this is going to be the kind of fight where we're going to walk away disappointed. I got some pretty good expectations from this. Indeed. Uh, next up, we have Chaos Williams taking on Rolando Bedoya. Oh, yeah. This is clearly an action factor fight. I like it a lot. We did not pick it, but it's a great, great fight. Uh, mm. Devin Clark versus Kennedy and Chukwu. Man, I'm super impressed with Kennedy and Chukwu. That dude is awesome. I mean, he's good, but a lot of his fights are kind of rough to watch. Yeah, I don't know. But- He's getting there. Yeah, he's, he he's, is. He is. I'm not taking anything well, away from him in terms of skill. Right. You know, it's just like, man, this fight, especially stylistically, like I'm not very optimistic about this one being fun. You know, I, I don't think we're going to see anything that's that's terribly impressive here. I think it's going to be tough and grueling. And, uh, you know, much respect to both guys. I just don't think that this is going to be very thrilling. Really? I don't. I don't know. I'm just getting the feeling that it won't be, man. I like the fight. Uh, I'll tell you which fight I really like. Like, this is probably my favorite fight on the card is Drew Dober versus Matt Frivola. Handsome Drew Dober. <laughs> uh, you know, Matt Frivola is pretty awesome, too. I, he I, is. This is. This is a fight that took me a while. And this is um, this is our first pick. This is where we're going to actually start picking. I like Drew Dober a whole lot. That man can throw thunder and lightning and hail in between. Mafrafola's got pretty hot hands too and good grappling. Drew Dober is not much of a grappler. 
I mean, Dover's got the wrestling. It's it's the chain and submission type grappling that is not and it, it quite is his, the same. It is his kryptonite. If you look at his record, it is absolutely his kryptonite. Right. So I mean, he's had he's had he struggled against some of those uh, more submission oriented grapplers, but that doesn't. I I still think that. And, and look, both of these guys can crack. I just think that Dober's striking is probably a little cleaner. His shots land a little bit more accurately. So I think that combined with some volume and some really good um, uh, grappling defense, especially takedown defense, I think that might give him the edge. I'm going to go with Drew. All right. And I am go- I'm actually going to take Matt Frivola. Mookie is taking Drew Dober. We get to our next fight, which is Crone Gracie taking on Charles Jordan. Now, we did not pick this fight, um, but it's a pretty decent one. I like it for the idea that Charles Jordan is probably going to give us, like, the first round is going to be insane, I would think. I think Charles Jordan knocks out Crone Gracie, but the way that the cards have been, it's literally... Almost the last three, four cards have been Knights of the Underdog. So I would not be surprised if something wild happened and Crone Gracie gets some crazy submission. Would not surprise me at all. Oh, I think crazier Crone knocking him out. No. <laughs> not that I think that would happen. I don't think but that happens, but it could, yeah, you know? That, uh, this shit, yeah, you can't believe in shit these days, man. It's just, it, it's wild how all this stuff just adds up. Um yeah, I, I'm curious to see what Crone looks like after, what's it been, three years, four three years? Three years. Let, mm. let me open this up and let's just see how long it's been since Crone fought last. Oh, man. What was he out collecting the Infinity Stones before uh, oh my God, before been... before Jared Cannonier gets to him? Yeah, October will be four years since Cub Swanson mm. Three and this is this is the night of the of the layoff returns, man. Between this and Cejudo, it's like, damn, that. Yeah, all Cubs right. Swanson got that like serious unanimous decision on him too. So. I mean, I think Jordan takes it, but uh, mostly because he's a wily dude. But then you never know with Crone, man. I saw that you you look you watch his rising fights, mm-hmm. and you look at how he was able to strike, strike, and then just get in. And the moment he hugs you, that's it, man. You're done. Good night. It was just, yeah, it, it, it's a nightmare having to deal with that guy. So uh, I'm, I'm still picking Charles, but I expect to see some really crazy shit here. All right. So we get to the next fight. We are picking this and the, the ones following it. Movsar Ivloev taking on Diego Lopez. Wow, this is a good, good fight here. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. 145, 135, best divisions by far. I am... Taking Mozart Ivloev, but you know what? Diego Lopez has some serious grappling. Never forget that the greatest of all time fought at 145. That man was Arden Lobog. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Evloev. You know, some some dudes, man, they, they just they just do everything right. Mm-hmm. And they just have a knack for finding themselves in the right place at the right time. I think Evloev is that guy, and uh, he just makes less mistakes. I suppose. I mean, it, it's sometimes it's fun to watch, other times less so. It does not mean that the dude is not good. It just means that sometimes you know you you're, you're not. Uh, it it may not be the the banger of a fight that we might want it right. to be. So just be forewarned. It could be, but it might not. It it very likely won't be. So. 
just temper your expectations. I still think this is going to be a very technical and very good fight, at least from a skill perspective. Indeed. Are you taking Evloev as well? I am, yes. Okay. All three of us are taking Movsari Evloev. Mm -hmm. So we get to, oh, my girl, Jessica Andrade taking on Yan Xiaonan. Or Ch is it Yan Xiaonan or Xiaonan Yan? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it should be Jonan Yan. Okay, so I think that Jessica Andrade, her power, her strength, her aggression is going to win her this fight. Uh, Jonan Yan has struggled, and I don't know. I don't know how she ended up in this fight, uh, other than that majority decision win over Mackenzie Dern. You know, she had the two losses right before that. I mean, <laughs> Carla Esparza got a, a TKO over her. Okay, Carla Esparza. What is Jessica Andrade going to do to her? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is such Come a, on. But you know, that's the thing. Like, Jan is, is, is somebody who has... Again, she's got like really solid foundation, right? She's got some good building blocks because of her striking. But then everything else in her game is kind of mm -hmm. just sort of there. Like she can grapple defensively to an extent. Not to the point where you could say, yeah, she could hang on the ground with these jujitsu aces or, you know, survive things like Marina did. You know, we were just talking about her. I don't really see that here. I, I think that she may get overwhelmed and bullied for a bit, but find her way out of that pocket and still make things competitive. To what end? Ah, that's where it doesn't really, you know, stick for me. So I'm going to definitely go with Jessica on this one. I think it'll be a little bit more spirited, but as the fight wears on, Jessica takes over and pours it on. Indeed. All three of us are taking Jessica Andrade. Get to the co-main event, and I love the fact that they are making it five rounds and that it's being termed a title eliminator. Uh, it is Bilal Muhammad taking on Gilbert Burns. I went back and forth on this many times. I have gone in and changed my pick and our staff picks on Bloody Elbow at least three times. When I did Care Don't Care, I picked Bilal Muhammad because I think that his striking has moved exponentially in the right direction he has good striking now there are is no two ways about it and then he has that tremendous wrestling but he has also something i know this isn't uh much of a a, a factor criteria for judging anymore but his control of the octagon is superior he really dictates where his opponent is in a very efficient way. So I like that about him. I love Gilbert Burns too. I mean, this is also a truly pick 'em fight. Man, I, I, I'm, I'm already wavering again, but I'm going to stick with Bilal Muhammad and Mookie is also picking Bilal Muhammad. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. I wavered a lot. Um, <laughs> I really did. I really hate the fact that one of these guys got to lose. Mm -hmm. I just don't like that. I just, they, they're, they're both such amazing, amazing fighters. Uh, it seems like, uh, it seems to me that um, Bilal is no longer, I guess he's spending either not training there anymore or he's spending less time over at Rufus Sport. 
Um, I don't know that that's a plus or a negative. I know that at least he doesn't have to travel quite as far because he lives in Chicago. Uh, maybe being closer to home, things have worked out, but his, his, his development has been lovely to see. His boxing is, is smooth and clean. He's extra tough. I'm sure he can withstand a lot of the damage that Gilbert dishes out, and that's a lot of damage. I'm interested to see how he deals with that because the dude can wrestle too. He doesn't chain his grappling the same way that Gilbert does because Gilbert right. has a jiu-jitsu base, but he's like Damian Maya, right? He's got a really strong wrestling um, pocket to dig into, only far more explosive, right? I think maybe it's better to compare his wrestling to somebody else, uh, somebody who's more like an NCAA sort of power wrestler. I think that's going to be it. Uh, I I still – I'm just I'm, – I'm not – happy with the fact that somebody got to lose, man. I, I can't stop at, uh, fixating on that. But I'm going to go with Bilal. I think Bilal takes it. I think he, uh, I, I think he's probably going to be able to um, move in and out the pocket a little better, take a little bit less damage. And I think that's going to be a big factor here. All right. So we're all taking Bilal Muhammad. Now we get to the main event. Oof, this is a good one. Aljamain Sterling taking on Henry Cejudo. Is that three-plus-year layoff going to matter here? I personally, it's the only thing that is my separating factor in this fight. Henry is in the conversation for best combat sports athlete of all time. If you don't like that, that's kind of too bad. He has a really great case. I'm not saying he is the greatest but he's definitely in the top five in my personal well no number one is artem lobov <laughs> in any event henry is a, a tremendous wrestler as is aljo though and so you gotta you gotta weigh that factor there and then you gotta look at striking henry has heavy hands Aljamain has come leaps and bounds from his days of not being able to strike to outstriking Piotr Jan. It's crazy. I mean, he has come a long way and he's strong and he's going to be a lot bigger than, than Henry. This is a great fight and one again that I have gone back and forth on, but I ultimately settle on Aljamain, you know, more often than not when I'm playing this out in my head. So I am going to stick with my gut and take Aljamain, but I am not deluding myself into thinking that Henry Cejudo can't win. This is a fight Henry Cejudo can absolutely win. So this is a shaky pick for me, but my gut is telling me to go with Aljamain. And even though my gut has been seriously letting me down, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Aljamain. I don't... Uh, God, I mean, look, Henry has been out of commission for this long. He's still training. He's still been active. He's still in tip-top shape. And um, it's not like he was on some sort of decline when he stepped away. Nope. I don't know how easily he'll be able to just hit the ground running. And even so, I don't know that he realizes how tough this is going to be for him. I mean, we saw what the turnaround was like for Aljamain against Pettergon in that first fight against how he blew the doors off everything in the second Right. We did not expect that kind of turnaround. Something has kicked into a different gear. And I'm not sure if that's going to apply here. I think that Ray Longo's tutelage has proved to be um, of immense value. And I think these guys just fight smart in a different way. They they see the holes, they see the deficiencies, and they might be able to exploit that. So uh, 
I I I just got to trust the guy who's been consistent and who's actually been here as opposed to the guy who's coming back and getting slotted in a title shot, which I don't have a problem with uh, in terms of him returning and immediately getting the title shot as he never lost it in the cage. But fuck, man, that's a big ask mm-hmm. to think that he's just going to come back and waltz on in and take it. It's, I don't know, man. I don't buy that. That's 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 a little too much. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100 percent. Mookie is taking Henry Cejudo. And I quote, I just have a feeling I'm banking on him not looking like he's been retired for three years. And that is great. I am, you know, I understand that. I just can't bring myself to to, to be that bold. <laughs> I, I got to look at uh, Aljamain's growth, too. And I look past TJ Dillashaw. I don't, I don't, that is not my barometer at all, because... He was so compromised coming into that fight that you just basically got to put an asterisk next to it. Next to you kind of, you kind of do. Yeah, or you just exclude it from the conversation entirely. I mean, it was basically a, a, a crippled man going in. Anyways, we need to get to uh, last week's fights, and we had Bare Knuckle FC. And we had UFC Vegas 72. So we'll look at Vegas 72 really fast. And I'm only going to highlight the, the, the top points of the card. Okay. Point number one, Marcus McGee coming in on like two days notice and getting that sub uh, over Journey Newsom. Hello. Welcome to the UFC. I have my eye on you, sir. What a turnaround, man. I should have listened. I should have listened. I, I think it was, uh, was it David Michaud, I think, or was it uh, Obama who said, what a what a, what a a slick dude this guy was and how happy was to see him in the UFC. And holy shit, look at that. He did it. <laughs> Amazing. Good shit. Uh, another point I want to discuss, Irina Alexeva's debut against Stephanie Egger. Mm. Okay. This girl is a mess. A mess. What got her that win was extreme aggression and willingness to just dive into the fray. Um, I hate the fact that when she gets in close, if she misses, she spins out. Spins. And further, when she's spinning, she's not even throwing. She brings her arm up like she's going to throw an elbow, but she stops the elbow and, like she's losing her balance or something and just completes the spin. That is so dumb, lady. And she did it like three times during that fight. Diving on that knee bar was great and everything, but it was very sloppy. You got, I mean, Victory, I know you noticed that. You had to. What what I think we also need to mention, she came in, what, four or five pounds oh, yeah. overweight? And, that, and then her reaction to it just really, I, I was spitting nails after that. Yeah, not a great look. <laughs> I, I You know, like, respect to her for pulling off. Like, look, knee bars, one of my favorite submissions. Absolutely love that. I'm, I was happy to, to see that she had that composure to pull it off. I felt bad because I really like seeing Edgar uh, succeed and win. She's had, um, she's also had a pretty cool turnaround. That was, uh, I, I could not help feeling a little weird. Yeah. You know, it was an impressive finish, but, uh, yeah, hey, miss, you, um, 
Then, of course, she did have an explanation that somehow there was some sort of discrepancy with the uh, commission and whether or not she could cut more weight. I don't know what the situation with that was. And she entirely. also mentioned that she had been on a medication for um, the flu or something. She yeah. was on some medication so, that caused her uh, to retain weight. But at the same time, she also gave an interview saying she fucking hates cutting weight. Yeah, don't help. It's yeah, not a great so look. That, yeah, it's really not. But I, the, more to the submission itself, you know, when I when I spoke to a couple of people in in the jujitsu community, they they all sort of had a universal agreement that that was a really sloppy knee bar. It kind of was. It kind of was. The finish was the the, the final extension was fine, but the setup was mm, not. That's pretty. where. It, yeah, the setup. That is what everybody talked about. Was the setup to it was messy, so. I don't know if I care about seeing her much in the future. She's going to have to really come correct at that next weigh-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, though, uh, with that fight really quickly that Zane pointed out was that one of the reasons why she was able to defeat Stephanie Egger, despite not having any shape or form of a cohesive skill set is that she is as big or bigger than stephanie egger because stephanie egger is a big girl that's a tall lady yeah. that's that's big woman and especially she's not for that just weight tall, class she's beefy you know she's muscular as all get out she's a thick girl that you know not thick in the the traditional sense no. like dudes are thinking but you know she is definitely solid and she got that a lot has of... aided her in her wins and then you get arena in there who is probably bigger that had a lot to do with it too because uh irina muscled her around there yeah no it's it's edgar has a lot of lean muscle on her frame yes very and that's that's like she's like a wiry type of of thing like it's it's yeah like you look at her legs and there there's literally they're chiseled from stone that is the thick that i'm talking about she is chiseled and she just looks like if you went to push her she wouldn't move yeah, it's it. She's got a very dense frame, which like it makes mm-hmm. certain people. And I, I think I mentioned that sort of thing because people like that are a little tough to move around sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're trying to shift weight, when you, especially if you have them, if they're sitting in your guard, mm-hmm. it can be it, a, a real problem. And uh, I, yeah, that, I mean, it, it does. It doesn't really make any of this any more or less impressive. The fight kind of was what it was, and it wasn't exactly great until the finish came up. So. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Uh, Cody Durden, Ugh, the the ick factor there is just. Whoa. I hate that in the post fight presser he took a shot at um, Jeff Molina. Of um, course, uh, because that is the 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 filth that he is. But um, let's let's stop putting Cody Durden on any cards. How about that? Because his fights are painful to watch. In addition to being just a sh- shitty person. His fights are painful to watch. It is like watching paint dry. I'm sorry. I get it. You, you know, you, you're, you're good technically and all that shit. And you're getting these wins, but they're grindy, ugly wins. And yes, I agree. You should get a top 15 opponent because you are turning in these wins, but they are awful. And I cannot imagine that you'll ever end up on a pay-per-view looking like that. I mean, if you ever get into a title situation, they will definitely put it second or third down on the card. I mean, you know it what? is awful. I hate watching his fights. Just let him fight. Let him fight Jeff Molina. Give him what he wants. Yeah. Molina Molina would probably send this man 
<laughs> to I mean to to like prehistoric. I'm talking about Gondwana land. You understand? You drop him <laughs> in the middle of modern day Ulaanbaatar, and he won't know what street is which. Like I really fully believe that what he brings to the table is not enough. So he wants to go out here and and do all this weird shit rooted in homophobia. I want to fight that guy just because of that. Really. Not because it's going to get you any traction in the division, not because you have any other personal beef, but because of what this guy does behind closed doors, you stupid fuck. This is what you're doing? All right. Cool. You know what? Fine. You want to try this guy on? You think it, that, that he's some sort of pushover? Let's see what happens when you fight that pushover. Watch him make you fucking crumble. I would love to see it. Make it happen. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. You, especially since this is the anti-woke uh, UFC. Sure. There's not going to be any consequences. Might as well. <laughs> all right uh your boy won marcos rogerio de lima that was an ugly fight though my boy did i pick him yes you did no i picked i picked waldo Why yeah i picked pick? waldo dominican solidarity failed baseball players the whole nine my yeah i went no nah, i, I went... don't no nah, it's fine i i i, I kind of I mean, we should have expected this. Yeah. Should we have not? It, I mean, this is bacon weights anyways. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Fernando Padilla looked very good against Giuliani Rosa. I did not expect him to look that good but against a Rosa. I got to ask you, though. Giuliani Rosa is known for being a tough motherfucker. Okay? Yeah. He gets dropped a lot and gets back up and sometimes comes back to win. Mm-hmm. So... That stoppage, in my opinion, and the opinion of literally everyone I've spoken to, was a little quick. Maybe he was on his way to getting knocked out, but in the instance that they stopped the fight, he had already regained his footing and was trying to swing. What in the hell was that stoppage? I don't mind it. You know, when you go down like that... But he didn't go down a certain way. I I don't think that if you gave the guy 10 more seconds, things were going to get that much better. I do. Oh, my God. I mean, he bounced back up. He didn't go down like that in quotes. He went down. It was a, you know, split second, you know, flash type knockdown. He literally bounced right back up. Yeah, I don't. I'm fine with this. You got to save these people from themselves sometimes. Uh, And I'm I'm okay with that. And I wouldn't say 10 seconds. I would have said three or four more seconds. I would have given them that. I mean... Refing is is just as specific as judging, and and I don't know. I I I want the refs to be as perfect as they can. And and this, in my opinion, this was a bad call. Can't help myself. I kind of I kind of think that like the chances that he should have been given were already given to him. You know what I mean? Like how many times did he need to spring up before you're like, yeah, man, I don't know. His arms look like they went kind of limp on that last one. Uh, yeah, I think we I think we've done plenty. You know. I don't know. I got to disagree with you on this one. Mm, We normally see eye to eye on about 99% of things, but this one, I think he he could have been given a three or four more seconds. That Mm. is the, I mean, that's, that's a really small window. It is. Uh, The fight was good for the minute and 41 seconds it lasted. (laughs) We get to Rodolfo Vieira defeating Cody Brundage. Um, that fight was good while it lasted for, you know, a round and a half. That was Cody Brundage was in it, but the second round, that was when he wasn't in it. The entire second round, Hodolfo owned him just literally the whole fucking round up until the submission. 
Yeah, dude struggled. <laughs> that man went through it. Mm-hmm. Pulled it out, though. I mean, we kind of figured that once uh, he was able to get things to the ground, he'd stabilize. It did take him a little longer mm-hmm. to establish that control once it hit the ground than, than at least what I expected. But that's not a knock on either guy. It's just that, you know, this Cody this was Brundage. a tough fight. Yeah, Cody Brundage fought him. <laughs> he fought yeah, him Yeah, Brundage definitely, Brundage definitely was doing his homework. You know, he, he knew what he was up against, and, and he tried, and... Sometimes that's all you can do, man. It is yeah. what it is. There's no shame in being submitted by a world champion submission grappler. It is what it is. And that right there is the point. I thought mm. Cody Brundage did a, a, a great job against an anaconda, really. Mm. Uh, Kyle Bahayu defeating Mikhail Alexich. That was that was also a solid fight. I love Kyle. Man, he is just pissing vinegar incorporated. He is just full of life. I love that. Yeah, I I thought that maybe this would be where we'd see more of his limitations. No, he's no, didn't growing, happen that way. Right? He he's definitely learning. And I, you know, who I want to see him fight so bad, Paulo Costa. I need mm. to see that fight. Well, yeah, that that actually would be good. I don't know that he's quite ready for that step I, up yet. I think he is absolutely. I want to see it so bad. Make that fight. It would sell a million. Mm. Um, Sonya Dong. Defeating Ricky Simone, wow, wow, wow. That was a breakout performance, in my opinion. Absolutely breakout performance. I kind of thought that Song would have more problems with landing those shots Mm -hmm. and really kind of getting out of that second gear. Turns out, no. Turns out that once uh, Simone tasted some of that power, things changed. And it whatever they're doing in Sacramento, whatever's going on at, at Team Alpha Male in Cowtown, they've really uh, changed things up for a couple of these prospects, man. Song fighting really good, looking very composed and very complete uh, for what is necessary to succeed at Bantamweight. And now he just moved up in the rankings. Who knows, man? This guy might be fighting for a title by this time next year. I don't think there would be much of a problem with that. I I would like to see it. Absolutely. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up the free portion of the show. But if you stick around, we have some chatter for After the Bell. So we'll be right back. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast Network production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets, including SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Music B, RSS Radio, IMDB, and now also found in your app store on apps such as Downcast, the podcast app, iCatcher, PodCruncher, Podbean, and more. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get brand new shows throughout the week, including the Care Don't Care Podcast, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey Not the Face Podcast, 
the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the 6th round post-fight show, Crooklyn's Corner, the 6th round retro, the Show Money podcast, the MMA Depressed Us, exclusive fighter interviews, and the return of the MMA Bunker.